1: This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Podcast. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Kazenza. You can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. We're also now on Megaphone. Uh, we are as always on YouTube. And all of our content is on cincyjungle.com. So get us how you like the best, I guess. So you had a
2: you had an interesting viewer question, uh, I, I believe, right? That you want to bring up?
1: I did um are are you ready for this one john because this one's this one because I, 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 kinda, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that i don't like that foreshadowing it's, it's <laughs> bad now the reason the reason i ask is because if it's the one that i think we're going to talk about it's because you were the one who received a lot of hell uh about the ryan Tannehill thing um and the topic of ryan Tannehill, which by the way I think you wrote about this as well on CincyJungle.com. This has not gone away because uh, Mr. Mr. Twitter polarizing guy, Benjamin Albright, talked more about the fact that because there's news that came out that Alex Smith may not be able to play in 2019. That was already kind of conjectured, anyways. But um, that it's as more time is passing, it's looking less likely that he is going to play in 2019. Then you connect the dots of Jay Gruden, who is now. Interviewing Ken uh, Ken Zampezi as his quarterbacks coach in Washington, you know, might there be a trade for Andy Dalton to Washington? And then they got Bill laser today too. Okay, there you go. All right. So for the same position. Yeah. We're All right. All right. Well, you see the connections there. This one comes from Jason Dickerson, who actually I didn't realize he lives in Germany. Um, I, he's, he's been in contact with me a lot, uh, mostly via email and I didn't realize he was living in Germany. So, uh, that's pretty cool. Another, another little side note we'll talk more about in a second. Anyway, um, so he brought up the idea of Derek Carr to the Bengals and you sit here and you go, well, oh, how does that make any sense? Well, you have to connect some dots here. Okay. The first is uh, we talked about Daniel Jones Earlier in the show, about his performance at the Senior Bowl, John Gruden, big quarterback guy, supposedly really likes Daniel Jones as a prospect and as a as a uh, potential NFL quarterback. If you remember, before the season, uh, there was kind of some some rumblings. Uh, I, I I'll have to pull up exactly what they were, but basically. John Gruden, I think, as the Monday night commentator or something to that effect, was critical of Derek Carr, and there was some thought of, well, is Derek Carr even really a fit with John Gruden? Might there be some some issues? And uh, Carr had a decent statistical season this year, but obviously was not uh, – that team was stripped of talent before the season even began in terms of trades and whatnot. Then you look at Brian Callahan, quarterback's coach, which my colleague uh, John Sheeran here broke the news that uh, – from the senior bowl that Callahan will be the Bengals offensive coordinator. Once Zach Taylor arrives, Raiders quarterback coach becoming the offensive coordinator, people potentially wavering on Dalton in terms of a new staff, new head coach. So there's a lot of dots to connect here. Does it make sense to you, John? I'm going to piss some people off, but it doesn't make as much
2: sense as Tannehill because I actually just looked at Derek Carter's contract now. And the,
1: That's that's the biggie, yeah. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, so it it makes more sense for the Raiders to cut Carr than for the Dolphins to cut Tannehill because I think the Raiders would only incur like half of the dead money that the Dolphins would have to to actually release him. I think they're I think the Dolphins are trying to work out for a trade for Tannehill, and if they can't do that, they'll probably just cut him because I think they owe him like twenty six million. But for the Raiders, I think they only incur seven and a half million in dead money if they release him now. And they're drafting fourth overall, so they'll definitely be able to pick Daniel Jones. Um, but I think if it comes, I think if both Tannehill and Carr become available on the open market, which I think one of them at, at least will, I I honestly think that Taylor's going to kind of win out that vote and bring in his guy that he worked with at Miami over the guy that Callahan worked with for a year in Oakland. But for for the purpose of what. I believe either of them would come in and be would just be that bridge quarterback for one or two years while they work on getting the guy for the future. I don't think it would make that much of a difference, but I, I, I don't think it's as likely as it w- would be with Tannehill. I'm, I'm honestly because I'm just not entirely sure what Carr's future is in Oakland because he does have like they do like this is the this is the first year that they can finally move on from him, and if they are smitten with a quarterback, then there's no reason to keep to, to you know keep on to that contract because they liquidated all the other big contracts that they had over the past, you know, six months or whatever. But I think there's a little bit more, there's a little bit, there's a little bit more writing on the wall with Tannehill. And I think Taylor being the head coach and maybe even the play caller for, for the Bengals has kind of, kind of went out in his preference for Tannehill over Callahan's potential
1: influence in bringing in Carr, I guess. Do you think, because this was one of the questions that was brought up when you talked about the Tannehill thing, do you think that Carr, who, again, I think we're two years removed from a season where he was a borderline MVP guy. Uh, I mean, he had an outstanding season. I think it was in 2015 or 2016. 2016. Yeah, uh, yeah 2016. That that earned him this contract. Yeah. Uh, this year through for over four thousand yards, nineteen touchdowns, ten interceptions. Not not great there, but uh, 2016, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, almost four thousand yards that year. Um, I, I don't. I mean, do you see do you see those numbers greatly increasing? Because you know, their two best players, aside from Carr, were released off the roster. Khalil Mack doesn't play offense, but. Uh, Amari Cooper you saw the impact he had in Dallas Um, do you think that a guy like Carr would if he's playing with AJ Green Tyler Boyd John Ross Joe Mixon do you think that all of a sudden that is a career resurgence and you're closer to the 30 touchdown single digit interception guy in Cincinnati with that talent or do you think that year was just a, a fluke of a year and we're seeing a little bit more who the real Derek Carr is these past couple of seasons.
2: 2016 was Derek Carr's or well, 2016 for Derek Carr was Andy Dolan's 2015. It was when everything around him clicked perfectly. He was in the perfect system. He had probably the best offensive line of any of any team besides the Dallas Cowboys for in terms of pass protection. Mari Cooper popped off that year. Just everything was clicking for the Raiders. It was like their first good season in in a while. And it literally ended like Andy Dalton season where he got injured and couldn't play in the playoff game and couldn't do anything for that. And ever since then, just like for Dalton, it's been more on the downhill slope. I just think that Carr, Tannehill, and Dalton are all kind of in that same tier of quarterbacks where everything needs to go perfectly and they need that perfect team for them to do anything. But even if they get into the position of getting into the playoffs and winning, we haven't seen them actually proven that they can do that, I guess. and And, and until we do see anything from those three... They should all probably be belonged in that same category, and we can't really expect them to elevate a team and carry a team if you know everything around them goes goes to crap. Because once the Raiders, you know, receiving core, you know, diminished, and once their offensive line got banged up or they had to start Cold Miller, we saw him struggle, and I think he was like the most check downy quarterback in the NFL, where his like depth of target was like six or seven yards or something stupid like that. And I think he's got a better arm than what. those numbers were but if a quarterback has the tendency to just kind of kind of check it down and not look downfield that's not going to do your offense any good if you have guys like AJ Green and John Ross that can spread that can you know stretch the field like that so I think Carr has established himself as the quarterback that the Bengals should be looking to move on from but again if you're looking for just a bridge guy to kind of keep your offense afloat then you know there's something really wrong with him especially if you get him for cheaper than what he is but I don't think that we're going to see him be any better than what he was in 2016, unless he consistently has a perfect offense around him, which, which is what Bengals fans continue to want for Andy Dalton.
1: Right. Um, and, and again, it comes down to cost and, you know, is Derek Carr substantially better than Andy Dalton? Is he a guy that's substantially better? It will be more expensive, uh, more substantially better than guys that are in this year's class. Um, is he, like you mentioned, John, no more than a bridge quarterback? And if he is, is that is he better than Andy Dalton and gives him a better chance to win more games than, than Dalton in that capacity? These are all questions that are a little bit of unknowns at this point. I think one is inclined to think that the ceiling might be a little higher for, for Carr um, based on that one season a couple of years ago and the fact that that team has kind of been fleeced of talent that he's been on, and the Bengals do have kind of a, you know, a, a t- trio of talented guys at skill positions on offense and all of that. So, um, but we'll see. I, 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 you know, it sounds like a far-fetched thing. We're talking about all this, all these kind of crazy quarterback scenarios, but it sounds like tinfoil hat stuff. But really, I mean, there are connections to be made here. You know, the Gruden to Daniel Jones, he just worked with him in Mobile. Uh, Brian Callahan to Derek Carr, he just worked with him in Oakland for a year. Uh, you know, who knows how this coaching staff views Andy Dalton. I mean, there's a lot of things in play here. So I don't think it's, it's, it is a little bit of a far-fetched question, but I don't think it's a wacky one or a crazy one to really ask, to be quite honest with you. It, it's just one that is a new one. Um, there are connections yeah. there and there are, are dots to be connected there, but interesting, interesting question. Thanks for that, Jason. We also got another email from, we had Jason from Germany and we had Glenn from Denmark. Um, Glenn Ellisborg Jorgensen, Jorgensen. I don't know how exactly how they that, say it.
2: Jorgensen. But, That's uh, it uh,
1: yeah. I think it's the Y Jorgensen. Yeah. <laughs> um, He said, uh, first of all, I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job with the podcast. I've been a regular listener for more than a year, but unfortunately I can't join in live as it's the middle of the night here. Well, thanks Glenn. We'll give you a pass on, on that. We understand. Um, Basically, he says in this, this one, uh, I'm going to leave to you, John, because you probably, I have some, some notes on this player, but, uh, you know, you, you're, you said you were excited to kind of talk about this as a Dane. I'm very excited about the draft prospect. And I am, is it Jalte Jalte Fro- Froholt? Yeah. Is that right? yeah. Guard, from, guard from Arkansas. Um, do you think there are any chances he's going to end up with the Bengals? Um, I will say this from my notes, and and I'll I'll let you talk pretty extensively about him, John. Um, He's kind of a... He was a four-star guy in college, um, going into college. It sounds like he's very athletic, and he's got some nice skill sets. He's... sounds like he's strong, but it doesn't always translate to the field type of thing, if that makes sense. Um, And he it sounds like he's made some big improvements in terms of from like when he started playing football for Arkansas in about 2016 to now. Um, It still seems as if he might be a round five or later type of guy based on some stuff that I'm, I've been reading, but uh, I'd like to hear your take on him, John.
2: Yeah. So even me, the the guy who does a lot of offensive line stuff, I have a guy that kind of tells me about, Offensive line prospects. His name's Ryan. You can follow him on Twitter at Royal Redlegs. Um, he, probably won't, he probably won't like me plugging his name because he's a movie guy that doesn't always talk about alignment. but he's a guy that um, Ryan introduced me to, to uh, uh, Jalti. I think is his first name. And he played with um, Frank Ragnall, the center from Arkansas, who was linked to the Bengals a lot. And he played next to him last year. And then he also, for a whole, actually did play a pinch of center this year. And he said, just pop his tape on. You'll see like three or four pancakes in the first two minutes. It doesn't matter what game you're watching. I'm like, all right, dude, and legit, I watched the first two and a half minutes against like Colorado State when he was at center, and he pancaked like four guys in the first quarter. And it's like the the torque, the lower body drive, the pop that he that he has, and either reach blocks or down blocks. It's extremely evident. And some guys you can tell, you know, like some guys may bench 40 times at the combine. Some guys, you know, can can squat a lot, but this guy has actual play strength and so mm. play, play strength that that does translate to the field and I, I i think he's athletic enough to make those angle blocks but when he's got his hands on you like it's it's over and he told me he told me what his name tra- oh yeah here we go his sword na-
1: or something right
2: yeah it, it literally means hero you're like hero oh, sword okay. or something like that so like obviously a first round name i <laughs> my name only you draft him in the first round but He's got extremely good tape, and I think he, and I think you're right. It, it, it did get better over time, as long like the more he kind of learned and got, got kind of got integrated with with the system. He played against ACC competition. Obviously, Ragnall was a good player coming out of Arkansas, and he kind of has those similar traits. And he played a lot of guard, like I said, a little bit of center. But I think he's a, I think he's a good prospect. And, and like you said, if, if you can find him in that fourth or fifth round, I think he's a definite body that you bring into camp and. Maybe even potentially compete for that right guard spot because I think he's got a future in this league as 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 a spot starter, just as a rotational backup that gives you a lot of, of of scheme versatility, but has those qualities that you just simply cannot develop in you know a guy who has all the measurables and the talent, but if you don't have that that core strength that that torque to be able to drive up off blocks, you're just not going to be successful in the long term. And I think he has that right now at 22, 23 years old playing against SEC guys and. You know, uh, I, m- maybe Bengals fans are too scarred from drafting Margus Hunt to draft Eastern European guys or, or Scandinavian guys, but um, he, he's a player, and I think they should definitely take a look at him.
1: Yeah, and he's got more experience than Margus yeah, Hunt. Yeah. Does. He's in, also in, not 27. So. Yeah, yeah, Margus Hunt had the one-year, and, uh, I mean, great production, but the one-year wonder type. And ironically, Margus Hunt has gone on to have a, a couple of nice years with the Colts since moving on from the Bengals. Go figure that one out. But um I, I like what you said, and and one of the things, now granted this was during the Paul Alexander, Marvin Lewis era, but one of the things the Bengals have coveted out of their offensive linemen is versatility, um, and, the, and the ability of guys to be able to play, especially the interior guys to be able to play guard, to be able to play center, um, you know, especially those backup guys, you look at TJ Johnson, you look at Trey Hopkins, you look at, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Um, you know, they even tried to experiment Andre Smith at guard and tackle. There, there's there's a lot of guys that they like to have positional flexibility there for to, you know, potentially save roster spots and and like you said, kinda be able to have a spot starter if you're in a pinch to be able to come in and, and play well. I you know, I, I getting this question, I've kind of wanted to now research this guy a little bit more. I I looked up some reports on him and and saw a little bit about him, but uh, I I think he's a guy, like you said, could immediately be a guy who's a a backup guy for a team, you know, make the team, be a backup guy, probably a day three pick, um, and and can can help out a team in that capacity early and then maybe push for a starting job as he gets um, more – Time under his belt now. In terms of Glenn's question for him going to the Bengals, I mean, obviously there's there's 32 teams. He can go 32 places. It, it just depends. But um, the fact that the Bengals seemingly have a, an open right guard position right now, also uh, you know right tackle, even though this this kid doesn't play tackle, but that that should be open um, as well. Clint Bowling is now entering his uh, ninth year, I believe. So um, you know that's something to think about as well there, there's a lot of of issues still to be resolved on this offensive line so um if there is a spot that any team that needs able offensive linemen interior offensive linemen the Bengals are one so that uh you know that could be a possibility for him but uh, good question and we're 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 worldwide john uh guys are guys are emailing us from from germany and denmark it's pretty cool uh we'll get out of here with this last one and this was through text um and uh now we're staying in the states for this one and it's from good friend frank from virginia and he jokes uh Three weeks in a row, does that count me as a regular? We usually have our regulars, uh, Terrell and, and John from Kentucky and a few others that call in. Um, so Frank and Virginia, I guess I guess three weeks in a row, if we do answer your question, that, that does make you a regular. So thanks for the text in advance, Frank. Um, we know Callahan is in, and most outlets seem to have high confidence in Del Rio. Um, high conf. I, I'm assuming that means high confidence in Del Rio being the defensive coordinator. He seems to be yeah. the guy there. Uh, who who do you think are likely candidates to fill other vacant position coach openings? That's kind of a difficult question because we have to kind of look out there. I think you know you mentioned the Mike Sherman connection. He's been kind of one that's that's floated out there. Um, Brian Callahan's dad, Bill. You know, there's been some some rumors of that. Maybe you know those two guys were linked to the offensive line group. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I think they were smart to keep Livingston as the as the secondary coach. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he did a good job with the safeties there. Um, but I I think they need to be pretty. I think they need to be pretty careful with who they bring in at these other assistant. Marks, because now you have an unproven head coach, basically an unproven offensive coordinator. Del Rio is, uh, I think, a good hire in the fact that he's got a lot of experience in the NFL, um, so that's a good guy to lean on. But uh, any other ideas or names out there you want to toss, toss around uh, that you think could be good fits for the Bengals in some of their position coach capacities? You've got tight ends. You've got offensive line. You've got quarterbacks. Um, what am I missing here? Uh, linebackers um you know things like that
2: yeah I'm not tremendously prepared for this question I guess because right. you know, it's, it's like you, you don't you don't hear about these guys until they get hired right like unless they're like former you know coordinators that that got fired that are, are just looking to get a job I guess um I, I know some people have doubts about Bill Callahan coming but I think from from how early that was like being reported or whatever I think the the Bengals do have plans out there swindle him away from the Redskins or because because when excuse me the the Buccaneers hired Bruce Arians the Tampa Bay ended up sending a six-round pick to Arizona because they thought that Arians was still under contract with Arizona and they didn't even have to do it I think that's a possibility that the Bengals could do with Washington either to to establish good faith and potentially a future Andy Dalton trade or just to get you know Zach Taylor's former college coach into the staff and and replace Frank Pollock, obviously, because I don't, we don't know if Pollock um, either left on his own accord because he didn't like the direction that they were going, or they just had, you know, future ambitions for a guy who's even better than Pollock, and that definitely fits the bill for the bill for Callahan. But I'm definitely interested in seeing who the linebacker's coach is going to be because you're looking at not only just a new defensive coordinator, but uh, under a new head coach who was obviously defensive-oriented and was a former linebacker coach of his own, you know, it could be a guy who was who worked under uh, a Del Rio or just, you know a, a guy another assistant from another team who's just looking for a fresh start. But whoever that linebackers coach is, I, I think that's the position in general that we will probably see the most vast difference because of how low the quality has been at that position group for so long, and just just the same kind of coaching philosophies under Lewis. So to have a fresh face there, and I know I'm kind of dodging the question because I don't have a name for it because honestly I just don't, but. I just think that's really just it, it'll it'll just be the probably the most interesting one to watch because we we should probably expect some fresh, brand new philosophies and brand new preferences of of players at that position.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some some uh, interesting names still out there. Um, one that kind of, and, and this would be something maybe for the quarterbacks coach thing. Um, and it might elicit some eye rolls. I'm not a big fan of the guy myself based on kind of some of the things that he's done, but he, to my knowledge, he is available. Uh, that's Joe Philbin. Um, and he's, he's kind of an offensive mind, a guy that I, I I don't know. Uh, again, you look at some of these position coaches, he's been a head coach was fired as a head coach. He was an interim coach this year, Um, you know, so he could be a guy that if you're looking for bigger names that could be floating out there, um, you know, there are other assistants kind of working their way up as well. Um, but do not be surprised if it's a bigger name, quote unquote, that end up filling some of these position coach uh, things. I mean, we saw, um, the, the Bengals linebacker coach, uh, his name is escaping me at the moment um he was the head coach of the saints uh, they just I got know. rid of him but uh he had head coaching experience um, and uh, yeah what the hell i to know too. haslett haslett gosh uh, it's been a long jim haslett it's been a long week already but um wait, wait, he was our,
2: our former linebacker
1: coach yeah oh, jim okay, yeah yeah, yeah. Jim Haslett, but he was a guy that was a head coach for a long time, a defensive coordinator and kind of took the, the perceived step back, if you will, in terms of going from NFL head coach to a position coach. Um, So that's why if you're looking for bigger names, like a Philbin to be a, you know, he's a guy, an offensive coordinator type of guy, head coach, interim head coach, and then he could potentially do a quarterback coach type of thing. Um, But they already have, um, They already have Alex Van Pelt as a quarterback's coach. So maybe he comes in as like an offensive assistant. I don't know. Um, It just depends. But, uh, you know, there are big names out there that are still looking for jobs. Guys who – there are guys that make lateral moves – because they feel they've been passed over in a specific uh, team within a specific team so we'll see it's hard to really kind of pull up a name and say oh you know this guy could be the assistant coach aside from some of the names we've already heard kicked around but I would say do not be surprised if there are some big names that potentially get linked to a position coach position uh, staff position as well as do not be surprised if you're if you're there's kind of some guys where you go who Uh, you know some guys that are a little unproven we'll see Uh, thanks for all the questions tonight guys Uh, we appreciate it sorry we didn't take calls and stuff we already had a few queued up but uh, we're running a little long on time so but we wanted to get to those Um, you can get this show on itunes you can get it on stitcher on google play on megaphone you can get it on youtube and on cincyjungle.com and as always, we appreciate the support. We appreciate all the questions, and for everybody tuning in live. But enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend, however you may be watching it. Um, in, enjoy yourself, and uh, let's let's hope that uh, let's hope that Zach my my wish comes true, and Zach Taylor brings. Let's get, ring, let's get that
2: ring, Witt. Let's get that ring.
1: That's right. Uh, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast for John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Kazenza. We'll see you next week, and hopefully, we'll be talking about. Um, the Zach Taylor hire being official. So check that out. And also check out our upcoming interview once again with Tyler Boyd. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.